to the Companion Chapel Everyday Bible Study Broadcast. My name is Mike, coming to you from the Great Lakes area of beautiful Ontario, Canada, on this gorgeous Thursday, August 24th, 2023, coming right up. It is the Book of John, Chapter 14. Don't you dare miss it. There's a lot in here, and a lot of important things, like what is more important than where you go when you die? But please first consider your part in the many-member body of Christ. You're invited to partner with the Companion Chapel to help me reach out to a hurting world with the message of Christ's love. The Companion Chapel is a registered nonprofit ministry, and nonprofit it means it's to be utilized for God's purpose, help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word with whatever God-given talent you have. Go to companionchapel.com or email me at companionchapel at gmail.com. And if you would like to come out for a Bible study like to this AM Bible study right here on a Thursday morning, email me at companionchapel at gmail.com. Now, please turn with me in your Bibles to John chapter 14. And let's get right down into it here. Verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe in me also. That's a commandment. If you want your heart not to be troubled, God will never leave you or forsake you. That's a huge thread that runs through the Bible. Now, I've been hanging out with a bunch of preachers this week, and they seem to see it a little bit differently. But I'd like to suggest to you, did God really leave or forsake Jesus Christ on the cross? We have to think about this. There's such a major thread that runs through the Bible. It would take me all morning about, do not be troubled. Do not worry. Do not be afraid. God will never leave you or forsake you. People leave and forsake God all the time, and then they turn around and blame God. That's double jeopardy. Be very careful. In Psalms 22, this is David in all human frailty when he decided that he was going to follow his own ideologies and turn away from God. And he said, Eli, Eli, lama shabbat me. That means, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? But the Bible says over and over, God will never leave you or forsake you. This is when people turn away from God's laws, God's instructions, and again, follow their own ideologies. They try and govern themselves, and you'll always run into struggle, uncertainty, torment, because we have an inconsistent thought pattern that leads, leads to unprincipled beliefs. We are bound by the principles of being human. God has the only consistent thought pattern, and we are to follow this his laws, his commandments, this text to the letter. Now, in Psalms 22, that's just David. And that's not the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross. He's, he recited Psalms 22 on the cross to teach us, hey, this is playing out exactly the way it was written 700 years ago to the letter because God was never far from helping him and he never ignored the roaring of Lord Jesus Christ's words. Uh, Lord Jesus Christ didn't cry in the daytime and God did not hear him. And in the night season, it, not silent. This is not the Lord Jesus Christ. All the way up to verse 11, that's the pattern that you find in the Psalms. You'll find that David is speaking about himself. Then he starts being a prophet, talking about the true David, our Lord Jesus Christ. David just means beloved and the true beloved one, our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, so just watch for those patterns that run through the Bible and they will help you. The patterns solve the problems, the patterns form a glossary, the patterns are found in the keywords, the etymology of the keywords from the manuscripts and through the lexicons. And I'll point them out to you as we go. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in me, believe also in me. What is the number one thing to believe? The Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. There's nothing more important. It's about forgiveness. And he will forgive you when you repent. Now, repentance is, uh, the biblical definition of repentance is this. And we'll go to Matthew 21, okay? If you want to have a, not a troubled heart, 
you believe in God, then you believe that he died for your sins. That was the crowning point of Christianity with the most selfless act of love and compassion beyond our present comprehension was Calvary at the cross where the Lord Jesus Christ took the lowest earthly position for you and because of you, for me and because of me, innocent, not guilty, no guile, no malice, no corruption was found in him. And he did that for us because he had to if he wanted to give us a way out. He didn't have to do it. He didn't have to come down here and manifest a little lower than the angels for us at all. He knew he was going to suffer. He had to because once Satan give it all he had with the hyper-focusing temptation and trying to get the Lord Jesus Christ to sin just in thought, let alone intent and action, Jesus Christ didn't. He held his own. And he's the only one worthy, the only one righteous, first and foremost in importance in the universe, the only begotten Son of God that can say, Satan, you got nothing on me. In the ways and things of the world, you got nothing on me. And that gave him, that gave him the universally recognized right to set up the Millennium Temple that will not negotiate with evil, will not compromise with evil, and will not accommodate evil. And he did that for you and because of you. He suffered beyond our comprehension, humiliation, human torture. And he did not sin in thought, intent, and action. Now we have to repent to him. Only Lord Jesus Christ can forgive you. Now when we forgive someone, that's called personal forgiveness. And really, you judge each case on its own merits. You use a sliding scale for percentage. If someone's upset you and someone's sinned against you, you forgive and then you govern yourself accordingly because you forgive for yourself or else it'll eat you up inside and you'll end up like one of these people that holds grudges, is looking for revenge, is pointing fingers, trying to prove other people wrong. Okay, those people end up going to the hell side. They can't let it go. That's personal forgiveness. But for judicial forgiveness, that's repentance. That's the most important thing about the Bible is that you repent and recognize that only Jesus Christ can forgive you for your sins. Now let's go to Matthew 21 here. We got these two spoiled brats in the basement playing video games. Now listen, I know I'm just skimming the top of this lesson in Matthew 21 about the two kids. Uh, There's a certain man who had two sons and he came to the first and said, son, go to work today in my vineyard. Like you can imagine, apply this today. There's nothing new under the sun. And the little spoiled kid said, I'm not going. But afterwards he repented and went. And he came to the second kid you can just imagine this, applying this today to these kids today. And said likewise. And he answered, said, I go. And he went not. He was in no show. Okay, so Jesus Christ saying, which of these two did the will of his father? And everybody says, including the disciples, said the first. He just said, no, man, you guys are all wrong. Because repent here. When Jesus Christ said in the manuscripts, in verse 29, this kid, that I will not go, but afterward repented. That is the word meta malomia. And that means the intent or desire to sin is still there. He repented grudgingly. He felt uh, sorry with malice. He had an aftercare or annoyance at the consequences of the act of sin rather than a deep regret at the cause. So it's still in him to sin. It's still in him. He's going to do it again. He's going to you know, you know test the consequences versus, okay, well, so he did it grudgingly. The word that Jesus Christ is looking for for repent is metanoia. That's a real change of mind and attitude towards the sin itself. It's not in your psyche, the intellect of your soul. It's just not in you anymore. That's what happens when you repent, when you've been born again, and you've gone through the things that God is expecting us to go through, like baptism, being born again, and repent every day because your thoughts, your intents, your actions drift 
to the ways and things of the world, vain curiosities, vain ideologies, be very careful. Only Jesus Christ can give judicial forgiveness and that's the only thing that will get you into the kingdom of heaven. Now believe in God, believe in me also and repent. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Is that comfort or what? And we get into this comforter in this very chapter. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Think about the affairs of time. Infinity forward. Infinity back in this little hundred years or less that each of us has. To come to terms with what's inside of us that it was not conducive to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension. We fell out of harmony with the universe and God's giving us, giving us, giving us another chance and he didn't have to. He could have just let us all die here and go to death. He's giving us a way out through the Lord Jesus Christ, through repentance. He forgive you of your sin on a judicial level. Okay, and he's got a place for you, infinity forward. Just think about that. We can't even grasp that in our reduced and restricted minds as we're going through this flesh age. It prepares a place. And whether I go, you know, and the way, you know. And then here comes Thomas. Now, this is a great lesson. Thomas said unto him, Lord, we know not thou whitherest thou goest. Where you go, and how can we know the way? And Jesus said unto him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but unto me. Now think about that question. Thomas and then upcoming here, Philip, have been kicking it with the Lord Jesus Christ for three years. Three years. And this is about the end of the ministry here. And Jesus Christ is about to fulfill prophecy. And Thomas asked that question. So this is a big lesson that comes off chapter 13 about having a balance between knowledge and grace and being gentle with people. Did Jesus Christ blow him out of the water and say, what is wrong with you, man? Like, I've been, I am God, Emmanuel, God with us. And you're asking this kind of question? Okay, so you have to consider human frailty when you're ever you're with people. Never blow them out of the water. Be gentle with them. I am the way. Exodus chapter 3. I am that I am. The way, the truth. And the truth is a great separating force between right and wrong, good and evil, and heaven and hell, and the life. And that's the word zoi. I am life. No man cometh unto the Father but unto me. And that's through repentance and recognize what Jesus Christ did. He will forgive you for your sins if you mean it, if it's a change of heart. I know if you had known me, you should have known my Father also. From henceforth you know him and have seen him. He's right there. How does this play out? Go back to Psalms 22 here. One of the greatest. It's a very difficult translation for the translators. Okay, so we we've, we talk about that all the time. But go down to verse 20 of Psalms 22. Deliver my soul from the sword, my darling, from the power of the dog. There he is hanging on the cross. Can you imagine? Like, that's just brutal. This word darling is also in uh, Psalms 35, 11. It's just a poor translation from the English or to the from the Hebrew to the English. This word darling is yakid. And it means, it's an adjective, it's substantive, it means the only one, the first and foremost in importance, solitary. It's my only one, my only begotten son, used poetically for my life, God uses this word, yakid in the Hebrew. It means the very piece of God's personal life force, God's personal soul, was the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how he can say, I am God. I am the righteous right arm. I am the ministry of salvation. Jesus Christ, P 
piece of God's very soul. His life force was in him. Our life forces God created way back when, in the beginning, before the first Adam was formed on the highest part of the dust of the earth, wisdom was there. And then Psalms 90, wisdom just means something God possesses. Psalms 90 tells us we were there before the earth was ever formed. What were we doing? Job 38, 7, all of us, the whole human family in totality, shouting out and singing for joy and infinite felicity. The whole human family, all of us. Then one third of us fell. Revelation 12, 4. And we go back to this. Of uh, a piece of my personal life force is what this word yakid means in the Hebrew as one unique and priceless possession which can never be replaced darling yakid in the Hebrew it's such a word there you have seen him you have seen the father he's walking in the flesh but he's you know his main life force is up there and no flesh has seen the father flesh and blood cannot inherit the kingdom of heaven Philip saith unto him, Lord, show us the Father, and it sufficeth us. Yeah, Philip and Thomas, you guys, okay, great example for people that will ask stupid questions and be nice. Do not blow people out of the water. Do not scoff, mock people, because you'll push them away. It's about compassion. Be gentle with people, because everybody, including myself, asks about 100 stupid questions a day, and... Yeah, if I just got blown out of the water constantly, you just end up being uh, bitter and alone. Be gentle with people. Jesus said unto him, Why would you ask that, Philip? No, he didn't say that. Have I been so long with you that yet you have not known me, Philip? He that has seen me has seen the Father. How, how, sayest, how do you say that? Show us the Father. Believe not, believe thou not that I am in the Father and the Father in me. Very darling soul. What's such a word? Uh, Father in me, the words that I speak unto you, I speak not of myself, but the Father that dwelleth in me. He doeth the works. Did you see what I did? Did you see what I said? Do you see? You were right there, Philip. You were right there, Thomas. And it's all written here for us. And we can see these promises that are written in the councils of eternity playing out on a world stage today, letter for letter, just like Psalms 22 did 2,000 years ago. Remember, one day at the Lord is a 1,000 years. So it's only seemed like two days ago once we pass into the spiritual realm that's just beyond our current perception of physics it's right there your energy your spirit the intellect of your soul that's where we go so just watching god's trying to rid the world of evil it has to play itself out believe me i am in the father and the father in me or else believe me for the very works truly truly i say unto you he that believeth on me the works that i the works that I do shall he do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. He's not going to be walking around anymore. So look at this first. Christ's ministry was a three-year street ministry, basically, and he only walked 50 miles from his house up to Tyre and back. Uh, what can we do now? What do you mean that it's uh, greater works? We spread the word. We, can, we could spread the word in a day, with our technology and infrastructure. That's what he's saying. He's saying, look what we can do in one day here compared to him. Like he didn't have a bullhorn. He didn't have, you know, he didn't, he would walk into the church. But for us to have an audience here, you have to help glorify, magnify, and broadcast God's saving word. That's, that is a call to action right there. Verse 13, and whatsoever you shall ask in my name. That's the key. Because people just take this and, and just, they run with it because they take a little bit of a verse and then they think God's not around. You don't believe in God, then stop praying to him. Okay, that, okay. 
ask in my name that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If, there's your condition there. You can't just hold up a lottery ticket and ask in Jesus Christ's perfect name. I want this lottery ticket cashed out. Million dollar prize, please, thank you. No. If you love me and keep my commandments. There's the, there's the big if there. Keep his commandments. Christ came in the volume of the book. Not one jot or tittle did he change. I, will not, I came... Not to change one jot or tittle of the law or the prophets. I came to fulfill. Everything still applies. And I saw a video yesterday and this, this super preacher dude's going, the laws don't apply anymore. Those are the laws of the Pharisees and Sadducees that create a religious community to change your religious authority to deceive you, to try and pretend this is these are divine laws and we added them in to look more religious, to put on a big show. God's laws stand came not to change one jit or jot of the law or the prophets. He came to fulfill the blood ordinances so that we don't have to drag farm animals to church and have some fake preacher, oh, we forgive you for your sins. That's okay. There you go. And think you're on your way. That created pedestrian Christians like we have today. Even worse. Now, Hosea 6.6, 6, I don't want your blood sacrifices. I want your love. That's what we sacrifice to God. Now we submit with an unquestioned obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ. You surrender your entire existence over to the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the only one you can trust. Jeremiah chapter, uh, I forget, verse, I forget, 17.5, I believe. You trust in God. If you trust in man, you're cursed. You can't trust people. You can trust people maybe in your inner circle to a point everybody's going to disappoint you. The Lord Jesus Christ will never disappoint you if you keep his commandments, keep his... And you're going to be tested too. And I'll pray to the Father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. This word comforter is just going to be the Holy Spirit. It's per, oh, parakakaletos, parakletos, paralekos. And that just means an advocate, your intercessor. When you pray, you're going to have this comforter with you to try and help you discern the scriptures. Remember Matthew 18, 20, where there are two or three gathered together in my name, I am there. You and the Bible, Jesus Christ is another entity. His Holy Spirit is there and you stick here. You don't go to man's commentaries or all these ridiculous videos. God's not a cartoon. Hollywood's made a mockery out of the Bible and billions of people follow that mockery, thinking horses and monsters are going to come out of the sky, thinking the Holy Spirit is another entity. Do you see the word Trinity in the Bible? And it goes, it's it. And I understand when you read this in English, it's he may abide in you forever. It's it may abide in you forever. The Holy Spirit, even the truth, even the spirit of truth, Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That's the intellect of the sacred testimony. That is the truth whom the world cannot receive because they just don't care because it seeth him not neither knoweth him, willingly ignorant of God. That's, and judicial blindness will happen. Persistent unbelief, chronic disobedience, and it's fueled by what? A collective's imaginative criticism. People will just run with any blasphemy, and they like it. And so this goes on to, to tell us something here. I'm going to try and finish this thought, but... You will know him and he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. And Thomas went on to say in the Apocrypha, he's in you and all inside you and all around you. He find, Thomas finally got it. It didn't get published in the Holy Bible, but Thomas said, the Holy Spirit is inside you and all around you. Your spirit, the intellect of your soul, it's not physical matter. The Holy Spirit, it's spirit, it's God's intellect. It's his character, his personality, his reactive attitude that motivates all actions. You get that spirit to come into you or you can get the spirit's the evil spirits, demons, devils, powers, principalities of Satan, everything that is corrupt to the Lord Jesus Christ will come off your screen and into your psyche. And then 
It works on your ego. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. He's always that Holy Spirit is there when you pray. When you submit with an unquestioning obedience to the Lord Jesus Christ and you, you for, ask for forgiveness for your sins. Yet a little while the world seeth me no more, but ye see me because I live, you shall live also. That's where we're going. That's We're going to the kingdom of heaven. A lot of people are going to the kingdom of hell. And that's, hell's not so bad. I've come to this conclusion that hell's not so bad. It's not so bad for these people who like finding fault in others, the overfed, unconcerned people on planet Earth. If you like holding grudges and looking and looking forward to revenge, there's even a catchphrase, very common catchphrase about revenge served, I don't know, hot or cold. I don't get it. I never really understood that one. They're addicted to that short-lived feeling of empowerment. And they like it. So what's, hell, what's the problem with you people going to hell? You're going to like it. You love perpetual drama. You're unconcerned about others in the human family. If you like always trying to convince others that you're right and prove others wrong, you have a whole kingdom just for yourself. But we don't want that. We want to go back to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension, a place of completeness, a place of perpetual friendship, a place of safety, security, certainty. That's what we want. And we're the massive minority. Obviously, look at the world stage. People want to go to hell. And it's going to be fun for them. And you can have it. And don't look over at us and try and prove us wrong from that gulf. That's why there's a gulf there. We're still praying for you. Hey, that's just going to eat you up inside. It's the internal passion of the mind. That's what the fire is. Lightnings is glaring you right in the eye. Thunders, you guys just can't stop it. Running the mouth and running the mouth of lies and ideologies, thinking you know better, making excuses for the truth, saying, well, if God would just do it my way. That's the majority of people today. If God would just consider my ideologies, what do you know? We're just at the top of the food chain. Like, seriously, we don't know nothing. We know one major thing, that Jesus Christ is there. He is the path. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. He is the light. And it's easy to follow, really, if you just humble yourself. It's about being meek. And meek means totally different in the English, it's opposite in the English than in the Hebrew. The meek shall inherit the earth, Matthew chapter 5. What's that mean? Meek in the Hebrew, or meek in the English means submissive and easily imposed upon. Meek in the Hebrew means to afflict yourself with self-discipline. Learn to say no to yourself in the face of all these vain curiosities and ideologies that you're bombarded with. Like, always ask Lord Jesus Christ. Please hold my hand, my Lord Jesus Christ. You are my shepherd, I shall not want another. Please cleanse me of everything that is offensive to you and your kingdom that's getting in my psyche. And please cover me with your veil. Wrap me in your vesture. Please hold my hand, my Lord Jesus Christ. You are my rock, my only stability. You are my fortress, my high tower. And only you can give judicial forgiveness for me. <coughs> Excuse me. At that day, you shall know that I am in my Father and me in you. And we're going to be there for the Millennium Temple because all of us have to get cleaned up still. But the people on the hell side, you can have it. You can have it. You want it. You got it. That's what you want. God doesn't judge the guilty party convicts themselves. And that's where they want to go. See you later. You've exhausted your caregiver big time. He that hath my commandments and keepeth them, it is he that loveth me, and he that loveth me shall be loved of my Father, and I will love him and will manifest myself to him. Are you kidding me? Is that the greatest promise written? Like if that doesn't make you feel secure, then nothing will. Because you're allowing ideologies, you're allowing the ways and things of the world to, to mind control, coercive 
persuasion, thought control. You're like, well, I don't know too sure about that. It reduces your ability to think critically or independently, changing your attitudes, values, and beliefs to change your religious authority. That's the seal one, Trump one, vial one. That's the easiest thing to see that's going on right now today. People's religious authority has been changed to their own egotism. When it says idolatry, people think, well, that's an idol or some statue that we're going to bow down to in our house. We don't have one. Oh, yeah, you do. You know where your idol is? Every time you look in the mirror, you're idolizing your own ideologies and trying to prove God wrong. Listen, when I see God, I don't know how many times I've heard this. I'm going to tell him a few things. Good luck with that, yo, because God will say to me, or Jesus Christ will say to you, depart from me. You never took the time to get to know me. If you want to go over there, you go over there. There's a whole bunch of people you can argue with and try and prove, prove your point to. Unlimited amount of people. You've exhausted your caregiver. We want to get on with the affairs of time the way God intended us. If you want to carry a negative energy, go over there. Okay, Judas and, and Judas said unto him, not Iscariot, the little rat bag with the money. This is a different one. Uh, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not into the world? Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come unto him and make her abode with him. There's your answer right there. Because we're going to be housed with God. We're going to cohabitate with God the way he intended us through the circuits of time. These other people that are stuck in the ways and things of the world are on the hell side. There is no praise or presence of God whatsoever there. It's called the nether parts of the earth written in Ezekiel chapter 31. And they have a comforter too. Their comforter is themselves. They just love it. They can't get enough of the perpetual drama that they've caused on planet Earth today. You can have it. <clears throat> Ezekiel 31. Read that, read that chapter and you'll see they have their own comforter. It's they come in the Hebrew. It's an onomatopoeic word. It's so interesting. I don't have time today, today to go over that, but look for that video. Ezekiel chapter 31 covers the seals, trumps, files also. He, said, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings because they're not convenient and the truth is not convenient for people and the word what you hear is not mine but the father's that sent him it's there's a natural order of things right from revelation first page of revelation chapter one from god to the lord jesus christ through the angels the messengers through the apostles disciples sent out ones all of us the truth is there it's just being smokescreened right now and don't get smoke screen the truth and sting you with lies be very careful what you expose yourself to and what you believe allow you allow to saturate into your psyche your spirit these things have i spoken unto you because being yet present excuse me present with you but the comforter which is the holy ghost who wrote this man who's who's translated this this is holy spirit and actually in that manuscripts it's the Spirit, the Holy. The article is there. This is so emphatic. Spirit is an energy whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things. This is it in the manuscripts, not he. And that's where people pull the Trinity from. It's not some separate entity. It is God's Spirit, His intellect, His energy will come into your psyche if you allow it. And that comes on repentance. You have to cleanse yourself or you can never come to an understanding of this word. It shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. There you have it. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. 
He's the Prince of Peace. Okay, you come to an understanding of others and what happens with the world, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. What's he talking about? So let's talk about this uh, America's peace plan and just mankind's peace plan. Mankind just wants to blow each other up, period. They spend a trillion dollars on weapons of mass destruction to go over to Ukraine and just start blowing stuff up. And that's been going on since 2014, by the way. Don't, don't allow major media... That's the information for seal violent Trump, which is wide open to play a psychological brainwashing game on you, meant to side to change your religious authority. They tried to uh, uh, propaganda to persuade public opinion. We know that you end up in a cult and the only cult people never see is the one they're in. We know that business America now is the Assyrian written in the Bible in these end times. America now uses war as an investment trillions of dollars meanwhile they leave the people on east palestine ida or ohio and the people out in hawaii just destitute because what's happened with 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 their peace plan it's all about money you know what lobbying is it's the same thing it's lobbying is nothing more than impact investing lobbying is nothing more than um legalized bribery once big business goes into a room and shuts the door with government officials. Democracy dies and out comes a fascist, capitalist corpocracy with a total absence of humanity. And they call it a peace plan because that's what the major media keeps calling it. Wings of freedom. Bombers that can carry nuclear payloads and just wipe out humanity. Like It's just beyond all reasonables to try and take an abstract look at planet Earth and look what we're doing. Mankind's peace plan, mankind's governmental system has a 100% failure rate. We're waiting for the Prince of Peace. Let not your heart be troubled. Again, go back to verse 1. Let not your heart be troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. That's for us in the here today. Neither let it be afraid. God will never leave you or forsake you. You have heard now. I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you love me, you would rejoice because I said unto the Father, for Father is greater than I. He's your advocate, your mediator. That's what comforter really means in this. Um, it means advocate. It means mediator. And it, it will mediate your way back to stay on the path, stay towards the truth, follow the true light. You know the difference between right and wrong because Jesus Christ told us. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it come to pass, you might believe. And it's playing out right in front of us in the world stage. This is why it's easier for us. Like we hung out with a couple preachers all week and they were awesome. But clearly, they've been taught by the generation past and the generation past through perpetual teachings of the Bible. But we have to consider, we have such a great advantage here today watching a playing out on the world stage that those interpretations from times past I understand how they interpreted the Bible like so, but now at our fingertips, I have five lexicons. We watch independent news media. We can see everything playing out on the world stage. We have the manuscripts right here. And so it's much easier for us. We have such an advantage today to understand this word for our inner peace and to know that we go to a place of peace beyond our present comprehension that Jesus Christ died for our sins and he's waiting for us. God wants his children back. They can only be reconciled to the Lord Jesus Christ. Hereafter, I'll not talk much with you. The prince of this world cometh and hath nothing on me. Who is the prince of the world? The prince of the air. That's all encompassing of life. It's Satan himself, the adversary, the devil, the old serpent. 
whatever you want to call him. We know who he is. And only Jesus Christ can say this. Satan, you got nothing on me. You mopped the floor with my flesh body. But how did I destroy death and evil? I said no. It's got nothing on me. It'd be like if you wanted to just... If, if human beings came together and decided, for example, what's an entity? Facebook. If we wanted to destroy Facebook because it has much more bad than good, because it's a, a, a censored platform to try and make people think a different way, uh, how would you destroy it? say no to it all of us the whole human family in totality say no to facebook it would be dead in its tracks if we were to say no to evil right now and accept the lord jesus christ into our hearts evil would be dead in its tracks but people won't do it people love evil thought patterns evil intents evil actions and a lot of times it's passive aggressive and you're going to meet your maker and there's no trailer on a hearse rich man you will die at the most inconvenient time no matter how big of a star you think you are what is in your account as Peter said what's on your account Satan you got nothing on me only the Lord Jesus Christ could say that the ways and things of the world you got nothing on me but that uh, but that the world may know that I love the Father and as the Father gave me commandment even so I do arise and let's go let's go hence let's get let's get on with it here i'm going to fulfill that prophecy of the blood ordinances when jesus christ said the world's got nothing on me the ways and things of the world are not allowed into the kingdom of heaven because jesus christ said no if jesus christ would have sinned his sin would have penetrated him in any way that sin would have been allowed to go into the kingdom of heaven and it would have been nothing more than a new hell everybody that's sinned the same th sin and if you sin one commandment you sin them all and think about it you have to think about that. Jesus Christ said that. If you breached one of his commandments, one of the big ten from Exodus chapter 20, you're guilty of them all. Because it's ideologies. It's idolatry. It's, it all boils down to that. You think you know better than God? Well, God's got a place for you where you can go. And it's written of in Genesis 3.5 when Satan says, God... So Satan is saying, forget about Yahweh, forget about God. You are your own God now. You judge what is right and wrong for your own convenience. And you can have it. And you can have that in hell. All you want, follow your longings and wantings and your lusts of flesh. Go for it. Uh, we pray for everybody, but once you're in the hell side, you've exhausted your caregiver. Do we still pray for you there before great white throne judgment? Yeah, but did it to yourself. I want to thank you very much for watching. Have yourself the greatest day, and bye for now.